Disclaimer, I do not own the Tekken series, nor do I own its characters. These are all owned by Namco and Bandai Namco. Please support their official releases, and please enjoy your listen. Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to Fighting Game History. I'm your host, Ryan Perez, and today I still have Burnt Gum with me here today. And today, surprisingly, I thought this was going to be a longer video, but no, this is actually going to be quite short. Um, mainly just because I couldn't find anyone in the music department or looks department. Again, just expect Tekken 7 to be the meaty episode. Yeah, and even though uh, I said those are nearly not going to be as long as normal, story in this game is going to pick up quite a bit. Yep. So, uh, anyway, let's jump right on into this, and just being the climax of the Tekken Marathon before we move on to 7, here we have Tekken 6, Bloodline Rebellion. And here we are, moving on to the development history of this game. Uh, we the, So the developers for the game was Namco, and then the uh, publishers for this game was Namkai Bandai. And I need to go into explaining um, how both Namkai and Bandai merged, but first like, I need to talk about Bandai. Uh, so Bandai is basically a Japanese multinational toy slash uh, figurine manufacturer and distributors, uh, mainly for anime. And during um, the early, late 2000s, Namco was about to file for bankruptcy, and until Bandai basically bought them out and basically just merged companies with them. Um, and that's basically the short and that's just the short end of the whole entire story itself. Um, so moving right off of that, um, the executive producer of this game was Hajime uh, Nakitani. The project director was Katsuhiro Harada. The uh, program directors were um, Toshi Harara Hijoyo and uh, Kiyoshi Minami. Uh, so this game came out in arcades November 26, 2007, and it later came out for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in 2008, and later was released in on the PSP in 2009. And again, I couldn't really find any trivia or just any fun facts on about this game. Uh, the closest thing I could really say is that they took they took a year to make this game. Uh, after Tekken 5, so that's all I can really say. And then for gameplay, which we're going to move on to right now. So, along with the uh, development history of the gameplay, there's not really much to talk about. Um, so, again, I'm going to shotgun all these through. So, you got four buttons. You got right punch, left punch, right kick, and left kick. Uh, you got crouch, jumping, sidestepping, dash, running, rolling, recovering, parries, tackles, uh, cross run chops, reversals, tackles, unblockable shoulder tackle, dash, uh, dash slide, counter hits, and then wall environments, and then clean hits. And then there's only two stuff that got added into yeah, this two game. Yeah, things. Mm -hmm. And my friend here was like, wow, that was it? Yeah. Uh, so the first one, and the most important one, was Rage. Uh, basically, if you hit a, th a certain threshold with your health, like the lower it gets, uh, your damage is then increased. Yeah, but it's like super low to the point that it barely matters. Yeah. And then we have the uh, bound system, which basically, um, if you're juggling an opponent and if you do a certain move, um, then you will actually transition further into the stage. Yeah, I always liked that, though. It's mm -hmm. pretty fun. Yeah, not only would it be look cool, but it would also give you another chance to combo your opponent still. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, so for the two additions that were added, one was like, eh, and the other was like, okay, this is a good addition. This is a good addition. Bound is really good. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And uh, I think it was great. It was a great decision, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then we have the modes of this game, and we just got to talk about the UI for a minute. UI sucks. Yeah, they didn't really learn their lesson from uh, Tekken 5. Tekken 7 is the best UI. That's yeah. it. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, Tekken, this UI isn't horrible. It's just super boring. It's better than 5's, but not by much. Also, uh, it's not really related to the gameplay, but I do think that the worst part about this game is the load times. Yeah. Um, it took, like, what, five minutes to load on the main menu? Yeah. Uh, maybe somewhere, like, around, like, two, three minutes. Yeah, it just felt like forever, though. That's why I said five. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the actual modes of this game, there's gallery, profile, um, options, arcade, versus team, time, survival, practice... And that, you got your base generals. And then there's only two new things to this game. There was Ghost Battle, which is basically your fighting player data of everyone who's played that game. And then there's Scenario Mode, which was basically um, the home edition, what the arcade didn't have. And this is just basically the story mode of Tekken 6, which is just uh, Tekken 4 slash uh, Devil Within minigame, just yeah. given its full scale. Um... It's it's interesting to actually see it, but having it be, like, the forefront of, like, an actual story and not just, like, having, like, you know, the fight. I mean, granted, it, 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 granted it's a different pace, which is interesting, but gosh. I'd, ra I'd rather have the core gameplay be the story mode, which yeah. Tekken 7 does. Um, also, one more thing. Go ahead. When I was playing... I noticed that the frame rate was unusually high. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was surprised that this PS3 game was running extremely smooth. Yeah. And for what? It's just the load times are very, like, uh, But, like, this game, like, oof. Yeah, this the frame game. rate was really high, and I was like, damn. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't even think the frame rate's that high for Tekken 7. Yeah. And as for gameplay on this, the gameplay's good. It's good. I prefer I prefer fives. Yeah, I I can see both arguments for which ones to play. I just feel like um, going from five, which had a good chunk of additions, and then to six, which didn't have a lot of additions, only one of them really mattering at most times. I find it kind of just very lackluster, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. But I overall, I just think five with its gameplay. To me, the, the gameplay felt better. Mm. Um, I love the smooth frame rate, even though it's like unusually smooth in Tekken 6. <laughs> but like, I, like love the, I love the high frame rate. And it is up naturally smooth. Yeah. It, it scares him. It's, it does scare me. <laughs> I love the frame rate, and I love the gameplay. However, I do prefer how 5 played. Yeah. And yeah, I do. I can see both arguments for this. And a little fun fact, I guess this was also kind of considered a black sheep of the family, just like Tekken Four, but not a black sheep enough to be like, oh, like Four was like, oh, this was stood out enough from Four to be like, push yeah, it no further. one talks about Four. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's mainly it for the gameplay. As um, few changes as it is. It really didn't need any of it because the core gameplay is still really good. Yeah. Um. So anyway, let's move on to the music. And moving right along the music, uh, so the music is good. It hits its mark. Um, I tried to find the composers for this, and I, I had no luck. 
Had no luck finding the composers for this, unfortunately. Yeah, just like Tekken 5. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, however, they did do a great job. Um, they leaned more into the dubstep aspect. Yeah, but the one that goes really hard into it, Tekken 7. Tekken 7. Tekken 7 is pretty much all dubstep. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Like, throughout the, like, the entire Tekken library, it's always, like, tried to find its own music genre throughout mm-hmm. its whole entire series. And they finally found it. I think that they should definitely stick with it. Mm-hmm. E- even after seven yeah so like, they definitely experimented with a lot because like a lot of these they're still like rock and electronic and there's still like some calming tracks and then there's a yodeling track yeah which i mean granted it's it's fine there's nothing wrong with it it's just odd it's really random yeah um but yeah overall the music in here i definitely recommend giving it a listen to um it's a lot better from a uh, four soundtrack <laughs> Uh, from it being just calm and everything. And yeah, I just recommend giving this a listen because it actually feels like it gets you like ready to fight someone. Yeah, you should lo- you should listen to Forest Soundtrack to go to sleep. It's calming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, after uh, this, we are moving on to the looks. All right, and moving on to the looks of this game. So I was able to find the directors, but no one else. I was able to find the stage director, who was um, Yuko Mizaguchi, and then the motion director, who was uh, Shoji Nakamura. Um, Yeah, the game looks great. The characters look great. Um, However, they do look plasticky, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of these characters, they look very plastic-like. Yeah, a lot of them... look a little weird yeah so i definitely find it interesting or it's not even like a plasticky but they just have like a they just have like something about their models looks off yeah they just have a big glow to them and it's like yeah they're like a plastically like a plastic sunlight like bouncing off them kind of deal if that makes sense at all yeah ending cutscenes look fine yeah but like everything else is kind of weird looking yeah i don't think it looks bad yeah. But, also, like, overall, just looks really strange Yeah, and the rest of the series. And for being an overall um, early PS3 game, this still looks like a PS2 game, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I see a feel of, like, in some aspects, I, like, is this from the PS2? Yeah, it's it's weird because I always... Oh, uh, it's like that, you know? Because yeah. I always used to be able to say, wow, a lot of these games could be early, like games for the next console generation, you know? Like yeah. I said, with Tekken 3, it could be an early PS2 game, and with Tekken 4 and 5, could be early PS3 games, and it's yeah. weird that you this... could just say that Tekken 3 looks like a PS2 game, you know? Yeah, and it's weird that this one kind of got a little bit of a downgrade. Yeah. I mean, granted, it still has its presentation uh, still pretty good, it's just odd. It is very odd. I was I, I wasn't expecting it to look so different compared to the other games in the series Mm -hmm. luckily they set their game up with tekken 7 yeah and overall overall the other character designs uh they still look good keeping the classic ones and even the alternate costumes still look great yeah they do uh so anyway uh, speaking of characters let's move on to the most important part the characters Alrighty, moving right along to characters, we have a lot of them. Basically, almost everyone from uh, Tekken 5 returned for this game. And then we have some new characters, which I said, I tore to shreds. Uh, 
Uh, but no, I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? Anyway, let's move on to the returning characters. Stop being a party pooper. I'm tired <laughs> of it. I'm tired of it. Anyway, put my foot down. Okay, let's re- let's do the returning characters. Uh, we have Anna, played by um, Tara Platt and uh, Lena Hardrit. Um, Asuka, played by Ryoko Shirashi. Uh, Bake, who um, I, I could not. I could not find the voice actor for him, unfortunately. Uh, and then we have Bruce, which, again, I couldn't find the voice actor for. And then we have Brian, played by Troy Baker and uh, David Scafelli. Fuck Troy Baker. Mm. And then we have uh, Christy, who is played by uh, Nicole Balick and also played by um, Lisa Wilkerson. Uh, we have Juggernaut, played by... Um, Kenichi Morozumi. Um, we have Eddie, who is played by Roger Craig Smith. And if that sounds familiar, yes, we have Sonic in a Tekken game. Yep. We got Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. You have to go to specifically to Tekken 6, but hey, he's here. Yep. Anyway, we also have um, Fat Fong, who is um, played by uh, Chan Yin Lee. And then we have Gonryu, who is played by um, Hidenari um, Ugaki. Heihachi, who is played by Daisuke Gori. As always. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hurong, who is played by um, Song Hyun Un. And then we have Jin, played by Ishan Chiba. Uh, Julie, played by um, Stefan Shi. Uh, and Anna Wood. Uh, we have Kazuya, played by Mashinori Shinohara. Law, who is played by uh, David Vincent. Lee, played by Ryotaro Okia. Yep, okay, yeah. And then uh, Lei, who is played by David Jeremiah. Uh, Lily, played by Rachel Hyreskfield. And then uh, Joy Jacobson. And then we have Marduk, who is played by um, Marcellus uh, Neely and uh, TJ Storm. Uh, Nina, played by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. And then Paul, played by Eric Kelso. Raven, played by DC Douglas and uh, Jack Merluzzi. Uh, Steve, played by Gideon Emery uh, and Guy Perry, uh, Perryman. Uh, Wong, played by Hugh Quinn. Uh, Xiao Yu, played by Yumi Toma. Yoshimitsu, played by um, Tomo Kazuseki. And then we have the non-speaking characters being Armor King 2, Devil Jin, King 2, Kuma 2, Panda, Roger Jr., and Moku Jin. And now we're moving on to the new characters themselves. And up first, we have Jack Six. Fuck Jack! Yep, so we have Jack Six, and basically it's the same as the fifth game. They're putting him in a new body and just seeing how the body works against the opponents through the tournament. Still sucks. Shouldn't bring him back ever. Then he comes back in seven, again, and again. And again, <laughs> we're just going to keep getting Jack. All right. That makes me really fucking mad. All right. And here we are. Now we have the real, real characters. All right. So we have Robert Richards, also known as Bob. Woo! So played by Patrick Seitz, likable, charismatic, with strong justice, who can be cocky. And he joins the tournament to basically test himself after he has gained so much weight just so he can uh, be the best. Yeah, but he also tends to... One of the things I really like about Bob is that he he likes to protect people. Yeah. He actually, like, tries to go out of his way to, like, stop bad people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
So personally, I I don't I don't like Bob. You don't like joke characters very much. He's not a. He's kind of a joke character. Is he? He kind of is. But he plays more seriously than anything. Yeah, he's kind of a joke character. Yeah. His but, endings are usually jokes. His, I, his his special moves are usually jokes. His victory lines are usually jokes. I mean, I guess that's fair, but like, I don't know. It, it, guys, it's hard to determine like in a series like where like there's so much serious stuff going on that like on the sidelines there's so much jokes going on. There's also the there's also the joke that he's somewhat serious. Okay, <laughs> I feel like he's serious almost all the time, though. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he his main line is speed and weight. It's kind of a joke to me. I'm sorry. Gotcha. I see him as a joke character. Okay. I guess I see him more as a serious character. Who knew we were talking about Bob this much? <laughs> anyway, my friend likes him as a joke character. I just... I, I don't know. I, I just don't like him. Anyway, up next we have Leo um, Kelsen, played by uh, Brianna Brosi. Uh, cute and charming with um, having a pleasant childhood until his mother was killed. And then entering the uh, King of Iron Fist Tournament 6 to basically find out uh, what happened to his mother. Or just who killed his mother. Uh, spoilers, it turns out it was Kazuya. Well, oh no, turns who out could it, have guessed? Okay, it turns out it was indirectly Kazuya. Oh no, who could have guessed? <laughs> so, I actually like Leo. Leo's a, Leo's a nice character. There's not enough shown with the character... But it is still cool enough to see um, just Leo himself, or itself, I suppose. I'm on to you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what do you think about Leo? I like Leo, and you were telling me how you didn't like him, and I was just like, why the fuck don't you like him? It was the wrong... I thought it was Guilty Gear. My God! Bad. Man, this pisses me off! <laughs> Well, anyway, moving on from that whole fiasco, we have uh, Miguel Catal... Oh, boy. Um, Catalero Rojo, who played by Liam O'Brien. Rojo. Rojo? Yeah. That's Rojo. No, Rojo. It is actually Rojo? Because that's how you pronounce it in Spanish. Gotcha. Um, anyway, played by Liam O'Brien. Reckless and rebellious who loves fighting and his sister until she was basically bombed at her own wedding. Yep, really fucking tragic. Also, I really like Miguel. Yeah. And also, this time, it wasn't Kazuya. It wasn't Kazuya. It, it was, was Jin. Jin. Hey, like, surprisingly fa- not Kazuya this time. Like, father like son, guys, am I right? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, basically, he's swearing vengeance on the Mishima Zaibatsu and basically just trying to kill Jin. Yeah, that's his whole, like, goal. So, uh, Miguel fans out there. Uh, I don't really like Miguel. Fuck you. Because, okay. <laughs> I just, I'm just okay. there. Personally, I just don't see the appeal to Miguel. I like Miguel. Yeah, I... Miguel seems like he'd be an interesting character, but... I grant he's only been in two games, which, I mean, I guess could be fair. But, I don't know. I, I also don't... might like him a little bit more if you see his character story in 7. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I replay that character story. Again, it's just... Meh. I'm not that, I'm not that too big on Miguel. Okay. Um, that all we, that all we got to, eh. That's all we got to say. I, 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 what I really like him for is in Tekken 7. Gotcha. So. Alright, so up next we have, uh, Zafina, played by, uh, Lisa Wilkerson. Intelligent and, um, 
basically strives for success and is very common focus. Uh, she tries to awaken Azel while also trying to get rid of both Jin and Kazuya. Uh, is a weird case. I don't really like her. She's a weird character. Yeah. Like, Especially in 7. Yeah, like she was brought in specifically for this game. Yeah, and then she just kind of just appears. She doesn't really do much. Yeah, she feels like a throwaway character. She does, and, I, and I'm, I, I hate using the term, like, wasted slot, but I felt like she was kind of a wasted slot as DLC in 7. Yeah, but again, I guess she kind of just hit fans. I guess so. Um, I, personally, I don't see the appeal. I think her, I think her animations in 7 are really funny, though. <laughs> I, so yeah, personally, again, I don't, personally don't see the appeal for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of her. Yeah. Uh, and then up next, we have uh, the boss characters. We have Azel, played by um, Richard Epscare. Uh, the origin of the devil gene, which will get retconned. And once the ruler of all humans... <sighs> Yep. And that's basically it. He's that, basically... That he got overthrown. Yeah. Then he got sealed away. He was a giant bird god. Yeah, and then, yeah, he gets beaten. He yep. gets his ass beaten. And then we have Nancy MI847J. Uh, basically the uh, secret boss in the arcade mode. I couldn't um, beat it. I couldn't. Just too hard. It yeah. was just too hard. <laughs> it is... I don't know. This boss is interesting. The fact that we actually have a secret boss in a Tekken game is really cool. Yeah, I didn't expect to see that. I didn't know about the uh, like a secret boss being in the game, mm-hmm. but it was just too hard for me to beat. Uh, too much health and uh, it, too much armor, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it, it was pretty hard. Yeah, this, so it is definitely um, fun to plus, see the boss. Plus, you have to beat it with in run, one round. Yeah, or else you know you lose. You lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then up next, we have the console exclusive characters. So we have Elisa Boskanovich, played by Yuki Matsuki, the daughter of Dr. Boskanovich, uh, is basically the image of a robot that was his old daughter, which he finally made, being yep. Elisa. Um, kind, kind hearted and polite, and who's basically just a pacifist. Yeah. Yeah. Despite her designs yeah. and the things she can do, she's a pacifist. Which, um, well, we'll explain that later in the story, because yeah. that, that comes up later. Along with this character, um, we have Lars Alexanderson, um, played by um, Jinichi uh, Suabe. Uh, heroic and charismatic, who basically led half the Tekken force and made his own rebellion army. Yep. And again, we'll get to him a little bit later. We have to get both these characters later. There's just, there's just a secret surprise we have to tell you with both of these characters. Yeah. But anyway, that's about it for the characters. Um, not a lot of new ones, but again, you don't really have to add a lot of new characters. I'm actually glad they didn't add a lot of new characters. Because Tekken 7 added 11. Yeah, Tekken 7 added 11. But like to be fair, there was also a ton of DLC. That's when they started really getting into DLC for, get, for the game. True. And there's a lot of cool DLC characters in that game. But we'll get to that in the we next will get episode. to that in the next episode because this character limit <laughs> because this character um episode uh yeah short but uh that one's gonna be twice as long yeah definitely this I I again I expect Te- Tekken Seven to be the longest episode but uh, totally anyway let's move on to story and moving right along the story so basically after Jin obtains the uh, Mishima Zaibatsu he gets global superpower and declares war against all nations plunging the world into chaos there's a reason for this though uh Kazuya now in charge of G Corporation after um usurping uh the person who led it beforehand 
Yeah. Basically killing him. Uh, Kazuya is now in charge of G Corporation and now puts a hit out for Jin, while Jin just basically says, ha, I'm going to start the Tekken 6 tournament. Yep. And during this time, like I said, Lars starts his own rebellion army named Yggdrasil Army. Um, he meets Alicia, who is basically in a pod. He gets amnesia, and they both go on an adventure. Um, Jin orders a manhunt for Lars, and Lars remembers that he's the illegitimate son of Heihachi. Yep. So, really quick, I'm going to pause this really quick. A lot of people hate Lars. At least the Tekken community hates him. The Tekken community hates him? I don't really hate him, honestly. Uh, I know the Tekken community hates him because I think it's halfway to do this game and halfway to do that. It's like, why? I I feel like a lot of people just don't like how he's like a a legitimate son. Yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons they didn't Um, like him. Because I guess they feel like it's just kind of random. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I don't really, I don't really hate Lars to be honest. I kind of do. I, I don't like even without that fact. I'm just like he's just a boring character. I, I, I mean, like sure, but like I, I don't know. I don't hate him. Gotcha. So aside from side tangent off. Yeah, side tangent <laughs> off. Um, just had to get that out there. We we've heard the fans. <laughs> anyway, um, basically they find Heihachi. He basically tries to shoot them. Yep. Not Heihachi. Jimpachi. Jimpachi. Sorry, not Jimpachi. What? Lars. <laughs> so basically, Lars? La- Lars tries to shoot Heihachi, and then Heihachi grabs the bullet with his teeth. Kind of like what he, kind of what like what he did in that old anime when you, when he got an axe thrown at him. Basically, he just caught it in his mouth and crunched that shit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Heihachi asks Lars and uh, Alicia basically to uh, overthrow Jin for him, and they're like, "Nah, we don't want it." And I was like, "Okay, fine, be that way." And they leave. And then they meet Lee, who basically is like, hey, can you rescue Julie for me? And they're like, sure. They go to G Corp and defeat Anna. But then Kazuya comes out and they're like, nope, can't do that. And then they retreat. And then they go to the central tower to fight Jin. Um, and then plot twist, uh, Alicia is a robot. Yeah. Made by uh, made by Dr. Boskanovich uh, for basically Jin to order around. I mean, we already mention that yeah except for the part where he jin is supposed to order them around yeah also uh one thing i'd like to bring up that's like a tangent go right ahead i kind of have a problem with like the mishima zaibatsu's way of leadership basically they just kind of like if someone defeats their leader they're like oh yeah you're the ceo now they just immediately like turn over to them and i'm just like shouldn't you guys have a little bit more loyalty (laughs) i mean like I don't know. I, I don't know if you want to, like, turn your back on the original CEO if they've defeated, like, Heihachi or Kazuya, you know? Or Jin. Or, yeah, or Jin, like... I don't know. Because, <laughs> it, it, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, side tangent off again. Yeah, side tangent off. Just yeah. Just to mention that. I just find it a little bit weird. So, plot twist. Um, Alicia was a robot. Uh, he turned, uh, basically, Jin's like, sick him. And then uh, Lars defeats her. She runs away. And then with Raven in tow, they basically go to the temple where Azel is. Uh, they fight Azel, and he basically just self-destructs. And then Jin sicks Alicia on him again. And then Alicia basically gets defeated by Lars and needs repairs. And then he fights Jin, and he beats Jin. And then Jin's like, I had to awaken Azel so I can destroy the devil gene within me. That's why I started the world war. Yeah, that's the whole reason why he started it. 
Because he wanted to get rid of the uh, devil gene. Yeah, which, in retrospect, is very selfish. It's selfish. But if you think about it, it would be kind of better for the world. Because, like, he couldn't control his devil gene. True. But And you know how powerful that thing is. Yeah, I do, but if you have it under control, you're fine. Yeah, except he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. And I don't think he knew how. Well, anyway, after that, uh, Jin just basically um, explodes with Azel, uh, sacrificing himself, and then you know, Pe- I guess peace goes to the world for the time being. I, I again, I don't like his methods, but I don't think there's any other way that you could awaken Azel. Yeah. Um. Anyway, basically, uh, Lee repairs Alicia's body in the meantime. Lars says goodbye to Raven, and then he accepts another job on the phone, which is basically a cliffhanger. And then there's a post credit scene where Raven goes to find Jen. He finds him, and his tattoo is still inbound. Basically, uh, all he did was basically for nothing. Yeah, it sucks, because, like, you know, he, he really wanted to get rid of that thing. Yeah, and I guess aside from, like, basically just Lars and Alicia being introduced, that's really the only use this story has. Yep. Which, it kind of sucks, because I even have my complaints about this myself. I wish they didn't put Lars and Alicia. Like, this could have been a great story mode. Like, Worlds in Chaos, World War, Kazuya versus Jin. Like, it could have been great. Like, it could have been great, but no, it just... You it, gotta focus on these other guys. Yeah. Brand new. Alicia, as a character, is fine. I don't mind her. Lars, I don't really like. It's just, I wish we would actually seen, like, son versus father instead of just illegitimate child going through the entire plot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this game's story isn't the best. Um. um yeah, it's just whatever. Yeah. Tekken Summons is better, even though there's a ton of retcons. I don't care. Yeah. And again, that's probably where they actually, like, focus, focused on it. They focused on, like, everybody. Yeah, and the retcons that they did make were at least, Actually, like, not bad. Yeah. I mean, how they even made uh, Hihachi sympathetic, but hey, we'll get yeah. to that later, guys. We'll get guys. to that later, guys, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to arcade endings. The best part. And moving right along the arcade endings, we're going to shotgun through all of these. Uh, first up, we have Anna's ending. She basically plays pool with Nina. Yep, that's it. And then beats up a bystander. Yeah, yeah, randomly. Uh, for some reason. I don't know why. She didn't really do anything. Yeah. And then uh, also, apparently Lee's just in the background. Apparently he works as a bartender on his days. And then he does the little thumbs up with the smirk, and I love it. <laughs> And then Armor King 2's is basically just, um, he can't forgive Marduk for killing his uh, brother. Understandable. Uh, Marduk gets better, though. Yeah. So. And then uh, Asuka basically just fights Lily for ruining her lunch. Yep. Uh, fuck Lily. And then we have Bake, which he basically just dies. <gasps> oh, no! The legacy. The Guys, the legacy of Bake is dead. We'll, ne- <laughs> we'll never be able to say, yeah, bake again. He dies with this game. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because the endings aren't really canned. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, up next we have Bruce, which is basically just a squad mission. Yep. Uh, we have Brian, which is basically just destruction. Uh, Christy doesn't have an ending. Uh, devil Jin, he basically loses his devil form, which, hey, is what he wanted. Yep. Uh, and then we have Druganoff, which basically... Um, he basically tries to take Azel, but Raven shows up and basically stops that. But then before Raven goes, he just blows up the ship Raven's on. 
Uh, yep, uh, it's much better than Raven's ending, too, by the way. And then we have uh, Eddie, who has basically uh, missed his master's funeral. And uh, it's... I feel it's it's supposed to be emotional. It yeah. is emotional. But I, I prefer uh, Tekken 5's ending with uh, Christy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it did emotion much better. Yeah. And then we have Fong, who basically just punches a lava boulder. That's it. That's that's all. Then we have Gonryu, which basically he becomes Devil Gonryu. It's pretty funny too because um he gets all, he gets these really really big wings, okay? And he tries to fly, fly away, but he can't. And he even states, "I, I still I can't, can't. I can't fly. I, I can't fly." Um, and then we have Heihachi, which is <laughs> really funny. Um, uh, so basically, he takes everyone to outer space. He takes he t- yeah he takes uh, Kazuya and Heihachi not Heihachi I'm done. Kazuya. Kazuya and basically and he just throws Jin. them out. Yeah, he takes Kazuya Jin and Jin throws them out. Except when he throws Kazuya out, Kazuya Kazuya like trips him a bit, mm-hmm. and then he also falls out into space with and them. They and they all fall down in the orbit. They fall down in the orbit. Um, and Gonryu is there. He's he sees shooting stars, and he then he says. Julie. <laughs> it's a great ending. It's a great ending. Yeah. And then we have Harong, which basically he denies the devil's power. Yeah, he gets he gets the orb. He's starting to become a devil, but then he just throws it and then crushes it. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jin, which basically he just gets rescued. That's it. And then uh, Julie, which she's just mountain, is just mountain climbing. Uh, and then we have Kazuya, who just basically retakes the Zaibatsu. Yep. Uh, King 2, which basically he finds out Armor King had a brother. Oh, wait a, sh- wait a minute, though. Back to Kazuya for a second. Go ahead, huh? If that was canon, imagine how much fucking power he would have. He has G-Corp and the Mishima Zaibatsu under his thumb? God. <laughs> uh, and then we have Kuma 2, which is basically the outer orbit again, but Kuma-skinned. Yeah, basically, he, he succeeds in throwing both of them. But I guess he gets an itch, and he's, like, scratching his space No, suit. when he's, like, saying, like, yay, and then it actually, like, cuts it. Oh, I'm dumb. Well, anyway, yeah, he accidentally pokes a hole in his spacesuit. Then it, like, then, I guess, by logic, for some reason, um, the air is, like, coming out of it, and then mm-hmm. it starts pushing him into space, and then he goes through orbit and comes back to Earth, like, as a shooting star, just like uh, Kazuya and Jin. And Ganryu's... Ganryu sees it again, but he doesn't say Julie this time. That's great. He just doesn't say anything. He just sees him and doesn't say anything. And then we have uh, Law's ending, where basically he just gives laxatives to Stephen Paul. Yeah. And he, he steals all the money. Yeah, they win the tournament because of a, this big plan that they made to win it. Mm. Uh, then, as a, cele- as a celebration, they get a pizza. And behind their backs, he just pours a bunch of laxatives on them. And a Steve and Law Paul. eat up. A- yeah, St- Stephen Paul, okay? Stephen Paul. That's they eat as they eat it, they need to go to the bathroom obviously. Mm-hmm. So while they're distracted, he takes all the money and runs. Which is kind of a dick move, honestly. I didn't expect that from Law. <laughs> and anyway, up next we have uh Lee, which is probably the best endings aside it, from Gonryu's. It's one of the best. So endings. basically, he's out playing golf. But then you see uh Heihachi, Jin, Kazuya, Kazuya. And, yeah, all Jin like tied up. And yeah, you you expect you expect his goal to be that he hits the golf ball onto them. Yeah, but no, they explode. Yeah, and, and, and Heihachi, it turns out Heihachi was laughing at him for missing, but then it explodes, 
And he's like, uh, uh, and, uh. Then, and then it turns out apparently he strapped him to the life, uh, lifelike fireworks. Yes. He, so like basically, so when he keeps hitting them, they all go up and basically explode in the fireworks. And yeah. he's like, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Lee is, Lee is great. You, such a great character. Uh, then we have Lei, which is basically he's trying to eat noodles and then someone, a purse snatcher goes in yep. and then uh, basically he throws a bench at him. He throws a bench at him oh, and uh, he goes back to like eat the rest of his noodles. Mm-hmm. He places it on the table. Then as he's about to sit down, he falls down because he forgets that he threw the bench. Yeah. And then we have Lily's ending, which is basically the same as Asuka's, but <laughs> it's more, I feel like it's more funnier just because like, Again, it's like from someone else's point of view. Like basically, Oscar just like just hates the person. And Lily's like, ha, okay. And then like, her butler is basically the driver, and he's like, oh, the miss is already making friends. How low? And it's like posing like all dramatically and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um. Anyway, up next we have Mardok. He basically digs up Armor King One's body because he can't he can't figure out why there's a second king. There's King running, Armor King running around. Yeah, which... Because he, he remembers killing him. Of course, he regrets it now. Yeah. But, like, he still thinks that there's no way that King is alive again. Yeah. So he checks the grave. The original Armor King is still in his grave. Then he turns around and he says, then who are you? And then Armor King 2's there. Yeah, and then just cuts. Yep. And then Moku Jin is basically just a children's book. It's a children's book and it's, like, all childlike. Until he, defeats, the... he defeats Azazel. Um, it's like, he defeated the Dark Lord. And then it's, then you see him sitting in the Dark Lord's throne. And he's like, but then he became the Dark Lord. <laughs> and he's now he has his army. And it's just an army of Mokujins. It's great. It's really good. <laughs> and then we have Nina's ending, which basically she just fights Anna in the bathroom. Um, and after she wins, you can see that like Anna like, put, wrote, put, put lipstick all over her yeah. face as like a little drawing. And then we have Panda's ending, which basically just interrupts Asuka and Lily's fight, and then they basically chase after Panda. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, also, the the limousine that Lily was riding in um, gets, like, blown away, because Panda just runs through that shit. Anyway, up next we have Paul's ending, which basically him and Lee are like, him and Law are like, okay, we're going to plan this out, and then when we get to the finals, we're going to fake it. Yeah, at some point you even see that Paul, like, boarded up another contestant's, like, room. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, and, and then, um, anyway, after that, uh, they get to the final round, and then uh, Law basically tries to kick him. And then Paul basically throws a punch. And at, uh, is at so, Law's nuts. So, <laughs> so they both get knocked out at the same time. Yeah. And then it does it in slow-mo too. So and you it, can see their faces so just you, like... So you see the kick first, which is like, okay, that's bad. And then it zooms out, and then you see where the fist is, and then you're like, wait a minute, no. And then it zooms in, and then it like goes it shows further. Law, yeah, then it shows Law's face like slowly turning into like a... <laughs> Just imagine the One Punch Man scene from season one. <laughs> this is like the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Um. Anyway, up next we have Raven's ending, which boring. Yeah, he it's ma- just Dragonov's ending, but he actually succeeds this time. Yeah, and seals the core. Yeah. 
And then we have Roger Jr.'s ending, which basically just implies that Roger apparently cheated on his wife. Yeah, so Roger Jr. and were like and Roger were training. Yeah. Uh Roger Jr. does better than the original Roger. And then Roger's wife comes in, and he, there's a photo of him that's uh, that's like him surrounded a bunch of by a bunch of lady kangaroos. <laughs> and then Roger's wife gets really mad. And punches him up through the roof like it, what Roger Jr. did in the second five. second five ending. And then Roger Jr. doesn't understand. Yeah, he <laughs> just doesn't understand because he's too young. Yeah. And then we have Steve's ending where he's like, you guys can keep the money. Yeah, he gives he gives Paul and Law the money. But it turns out the, the, the Mishima Zaibatsu put dynamite in one of the cases. And the whole entire house explodes after uh, Steve leaves. And he's like in shock. And he if you... He feels bad about it. Yeah. Man. So apparently, just Paul and Paul and Lots basically died. Yeah, in that ending. Thank God it's not canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fucking sad. I was a little sad when I saw that ending because <laughs> Steve fully intended to just let them have the money. Yeah. And then we have Wong, which basically he just dies. Oh yeah. And then again, as I was, I want to go back to that ending really quick. Okay, go ahead. Paul and Law were even talking about how nice Steve was yeah. for leaving the money for them. So it just, it, I don't know. It makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah. And then, again, Wong just dies. Yeah, and he, it, that, that one's actually emotional. Because he's, like, he gives, like, one last, like, monologue. Yeah. And he's like, I can finally be with, with you again, uh, my brother Jinpachi. Yeah. And, like... In in his original ending for five, he watches Jinpachi die. He he watches Jinpachi die in his arms, and he remnant. He's like really sad because again, they they grew up as brothers. Yeah. So, and then uh, we have Zhao Yu's ending, which basically is just her dreaming about Jin, and yep. that see the dream was cute, and then it just woke up, and I was like, oh, that's sad. Um, <laughs> so like. Jin is about to commit suicide in her dream. Yeah. Because of all the destruction he caused. Then Zhao Yu is like, No, please don't do it. I care about you so much. And then yeah. they hug. And, and then Jin actually, actually accepts it. He's like, thank you. Yeah. She, she, she obviously has a big crush on Jin. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's a literal war criminal. <laughs> um, but yeah, she wakes up. Um, she's hugging Panda. Okay. And Panda's like, <laughs> then, Apparently she's choking him. Yeah. <laughs> her. Her. Apparently um, she's choking Panda. Yeah. And so Panda throws Xiao Yu off. And then uh, Xiao Yu wakes up and she's like, Huh. What, 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 what happened? Yeah. And then up next we have Yoshimitsu's ending, which is actually really cool. Okay. So you guys know how we're talking about how some of the endings, they absorb the orb's power? Yeah. Well... In this ending, the orb raises up, and the orb's power gets absorbed... By Yoshimitsu's sword. It, yeah, it gets absorbed into a sword, and not only does his sword get devil powers, but so does Yoshimitsu. He gets his own devil form, and it actually looks super sick. And then he slices the entire ruins in half. It is a really, really cool ending. It's so cool. And then Alicia and Lars don't have endings, along with Christy. Yeah. And then we have uh, Bob's ending, which basically, uh, after he won the tournament... He, he appear- became super famous. Yeah. He, uh, and he apparently lost weight, 
Yeah, and he's then, skinny. And then he beat himself up over it. Yeah. Just just eat a bunch of burgers, bro. Get back <laughs> to the way you want to be. And then we have Jack 6 ending, which basically is a callback to um, Tekken 1 and 2's with Prototype Jack. Um, I, fu- I found it... I found it funny that they... But, you know, I hate Jack, yeah. so uh, I didn't really care for the ending. Now, I found it funny that it, <laughs> it just kind of brought it back. Yeah, um, he was trying to grab a bunch of parts and yeah. shit, and he tried to make himself like this god form Jack. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't... You haven't even seen my true form yet! <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to be funny, but I guess just me hating Jack, I didn't find it that funny. And then uh, Leo's message is just basically a message from uh, the mother. Yeah, he goes to her grave to mourn her. Yeah. And you see a letter that says, Dear Leo. Yeah. And that's it. That, that's the how the ending ends. So. And then we have Miguel's ending, which basically, uh, he basically tries to kill Jin. And uh, he's like fighting the Mishima Zaibatsu soldiers. Quite fast, too. Yeah, he beats the crap out of all of them, like yeah. super fast. But then Jin gets in his helicopter. Gets away. Almost got away. And then Miguel tried. Miguel almost catches the railing for the helicopter. So he could have succeeded maybe. And then he just missed it by a little inch. And then he just screams out. Yeah, he screams because he wants to avenge his sister. Yeah. And then uh, we have uh, Zafina's ending where basically uh, she just destroys the temple. Yep. That's... All it is, it's really boring. Like, some old dude comes out of nowhere. Which is basically um, one of her guru clan's leaders. Yeah, but then... Yeah, that was it. I, I There wasn't any talking, no dialogue. And yeah. I think... It, I don't know, I just think the ending's really boring. Yeah, we even... Okay, so we even sat down, since we had a friend over. Uh, we sat him down, and we made him both watch the six endings and five endings. And... He enjoyed the five endings a lot more than he did the uh, six endings. Yeah. Also, with, there there were plenty of good six endings. Yeah, definitely. But, but like, I think the five endings were a lot better. Yeah. Um. Also, yeah. Overall, I, I don't know that last Zafina's ending. Yeah. Is literally so boring. I honestly think, even though Raven's ending was also super boring, I found that more entertaining than Zafina's. Yeah. So, I guess that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles in uh, the arcade endings in Tekken 6. So anyway, let's move on to the end already. And here we are, the end of Tekken 6. And surprisingly... The shortest episode out of every one of them. Yeah, even shorter than Tekken 2, which barely had anything. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Tekken 6. Ah, I mean, if you want to finish off your Tekken collection, sure, go ahead, but there's really no benefits from owning this game. Here, Here's what I say. The top three games in the series you should own are 3, 5, and 7. Yeah. Those are the definitive games you should own unless you're a collector like me and Raiden are. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Tekken 6 just kind of flopped in a lot of places. But um, anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, we finally passed that th- 600 um, plug. Uh, we're on 602 plays right now, guys. So we have finally reached that. And then we are reaching the peak of 
of or just the end in general of the Tekken marathon, at least in the mainline series, with Tekken 7 going to be happening next week. Yeah, we're probably doing the Tekken tag games. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Yeah, it's just for the mainline series, we just want to get this out there and covered. I don't know why I said Tekken Cross Street Fighter. That still doesn't exist. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank you guys for listening so much, and thank you guys for supporting me this much. Uh, we're about to hit that year anniversary, which I do have plans for, and I am super excited for it. And again, look into look into um, the polls because I have finally decided on what names I do or uh, what you guys like the most on what names I should name the podcast for. Uh, and I have four options for all you guys. Uh, so definitely take a look down below and see those options for yourselves just, to, uh, just so you guys can get a feel for what they look like. But anyway... Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. And remember, you can follow me on Instagram under Fighting Game History. And then, okay, so you guys know I stream. I like to stream on Twitch. However, I finally changed my username because you have to wait 60 days to actually change your username. For some reason, Burnt Gum just by itself isn't available. Um, I I, I couldn't even find an account named Burnt Gum, but I wanted to make it closer to my actual username. I didn't like Burned Gum. But my username change is now Burnt Gum TV. So if you want to check out my streams, go ahead. Uh, I still haven't streamed in a bit. I'm really busy. But I think after we complete Tekken completely, yeah, uh, we just we just do everything. You know, I think that's when I'm gonna truly start streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check me out on there if you want to. Uh, I don't really care if you do. If you don't. It's just out there if you want to, you want to see what I do. Mm-hmm. And with that, all we have left is basically uh, the ending of the Tekken Marathon itself. For the canon be, games. Yep. Which will be happening next week. And then we get to talk about probably our longest episode, Tekken 7, Faded Retribution. Which I'm really excited to talk about, honestly. It's my favorite game in the series by far. But until next time, guys, remember, the match is in your hands.